0: In this primary episode, we take a bit of a dive into our guest background, giving you a sneak peek into their origin story as well as the challenges that they have faced and the things that drive them. If you enjoy what you hear, don't forget to listen to our main episode which drops every Friday. And please do remember to like, subscribe and rate us as it really helps with our discoverability. Today in the studio, I have with me, Andy Am. Andy is a father, husband, creator, uh, thinker, investor, and founder of Angel Investing School. He is a leading global expert on designing inclusive experience for diverse founders and coaching them towards capital events from fundraising through to acquisition. Andy, great to have you here in the studio with me. This has been a long time coming.
1: Great to finally be here. I'm happy to be here. So thank you for having me.
0: No, I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to the conversation. I mean, we, we've, we've had a bit of a chat about the stuff we're going to be talking about and very excited to see where this goes. But for, for the primer, um, you know, in, in order for our audience to just get a bit, bit of a feel for you, uh, it'd be great to just have uh, a bit of to and fro. So what was your first ever job?
1: My first job was working at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium ki- kit shop. <coughs> 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 Sorry about that. That's okay. <laughs> really that. No, no, go All for right. it, man. So um, yeah, I worked at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium kit shop, which was like a five minute walk from my house. Nice. So I used to be on a cashier there on a on a match day. Then, then watch the match from 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 inside the stadium.
0: I mean, that's going to be pretty hectic, I'm sure. You got a lot of stories from that. But um, what did you do before launching Angel Investment School, Investing School? Sorry. So
1: before on- launching the Angel Investing School, um, I had a, I had a, a journey and a career, I guess, from management consulting in- initially, which taught me about how businesses fit together, like what does strategy do, what does marketing do, what does finance do, and HR. And I loved just learning around like how businesses really fit together. But there was an entrepreneurial kind of bug in me. So even in the weekends, I started a business called Mixtape Madness with my brother and a few friends. I saw that, yeah. Um, Grew that business. um, (coughs) Sorry about that. Grew that business um, and then really grew passionate around bigger problems I want to solve in the world. So I then um, joined a really niche consultancy, really small. It was a startup in itself, (coughs) 20 to 25 people. And that saw me moved to south africa initially oh wow johannesburg which is like a whole new world very different culture Definitely. but i had an appreciation of business there and then i moved to san francisco and that was quite a unique experience because that's where i guess i had a baptism of fire into venture capitalism and entrepreneurship and this culture that exists there around entrepreneurship and failure being a badge of honor so i felt like i i almost had like a fast track mba being out in in San Francisco. And at the time, I was learning at the feet of Sequoia Capital, Andreessen Horowitz, Greylock Partners, and Lightspeed Ventures. Wow. So I was so excited by the experience. I started blogging a lot about the experience out there and trying to write stories back to my friends back home. Because as you know, in venture, there's a lot of jargon, which can sometimes even be a barrier to entry for people. So I was trying to write blogs in a way that I know my friends would understand exactly what I'm experiencing around startups, validating your ideas. Like, you know, how to innovate, how to build teams, product management and user experience. All of these basic concepts in this small tech bubble, which exists in the world, makes a ton of sense. But actually, the majority of the world had no idea what we're talking about. And we're so going to talk kind of start of that journey.
0: Yeah, we're going to talk a lot about that, I think, in the main podcast. Um, and what from there triggered your move into kind of the investing side?
1: Yeah. So up to that point, I had an experience as an entrepreneur in starting Mixtape Madness. I then had experience as an entrepreneur, started a business within a business out in San Francisco, and the experience that I seeked out next was actually, how could I you know, work as an investor and, and appreciate that side of the table? And um, the, the next move actually was to move into a, a high growth startup and, and experience what an exit would be like and, and, and experience what high growth pressures feel like. So I joined a company called World First, which got acquired <laughs> by At Financial. Yeah. And I was a product management there, which yeah. was where I kind of honed in this skill of product management, which I didn't know was a role until I went out to San Francisco.
0: One of my good friends, Alex uh, Sullivan, uh, yes. was uh, was yes, there. I met him. <laughs> I've met him. Yeah, um, I
1: remember him. Uh, and then um, from from World First, I joined Entrepreneur First. Yeah, yeah. I joined a lot of firsts, <laughs> and there I had the idea of you know what does it look like to to start a startup again? But I quickly realised that. That experience doesn't work well for people like me because I like forming deeper, meaningful relationships with people over a long tenure of time before exploring any projects, let alone business ideas with them. So I just learned about myself a little bit more around. But you what didn't I like value that kind of more operate.
0: transactional kind of. Doesn't work yeah, for me. I'm just yeah. not a
1: transactional person. Yeah, if I lean into I my strengths it. and who I am. I lead with EQ and emotional intelligence and connect with someone on that personal level. That's where my strengths lie. So during that experience, I invited Arlen Hamilton to the UK yeah. because I knew there's a lot of shared experiences that she had with what she was building backstage and what we were experiencing here in the ecosystem. So during that visit, I kind of took her for like a, a tour of the the ecosystem and introduced her to various players from accelerator groups to incubators and and um, lps and gps to investors and then we had a public event at bolderton around like diversity and taking investing in technology in diverse founders packed full house totally sold out did it with the support of uh, check warner and, and diversity mm-hmm. vc and matt, matt pennycard and obviously bolderton for hosting us and from there she, she we had a private meeting at eqt ventures following that that event where she made a job offer to say, you know, I, I, he doesn't know it yet, but I want Andy to become the managing director of my accelerated business. So I joined her to build that accelerated business from scratch, uh, the kind of like playbook launched in Detroit, Philadelphia, LA. Wow. Then I led the London program where we raised uh, two and a half million and invested into 25 different underrepresented founders. And that's what gave me the awareness actually of the challenge that a lot of these founders had with closing their friends and family round because they had no friends and family with wealth to invest in their startups. So originally I started the Angel Investing School to help bridge that gap and close those rounds. It's all for, okay, for and founders. And what full
0: circle. And what would you be doing if you weren't an investor?
1: If I wasn't an investor t- today, I would probably just be a builder. You know, I love, I love product management. I love building products. Um, I'm not romantic about being the entrepreneur. I'm more romantic about the problem that I'm solving. So mm. I don't mind working in unison of others that are solving
0: that problem, or or creating space to solve that problem. If it doesn't exist today. Yeah, yeah. I mean. So much of what you said resonated. And again, I think like we're going to talk about backstage and a little bit of uh, kind of some of the structural problems that, w- that, that that are prevalent and that, you know, I'm sure that you would have experienced as well working with Arlen. Um, but um, in terms of the Angel Investing School, wh- who is it for? What does it cover? What are the, you know, how long does it last? What are the, what are the key kind of takeaways you you, you you think people get from it?
1: Sure. So the Angel Investing School has been set up essentially
0: to empower
1: and train and provide community to people from all backgrounds including non-traditional backgrounds whether you're a teacher or a property investor or a management consultant all people are welcome to learn about how to put their money to good use have an impact and invest into startups we really set up expectations up front to say look this isn't the asset class where you're going to make 100x your money actually you're more likely to lose money than make money And I think because of that authenticity that we have around our connection with our customers, they appreciate and trust us to take them on a journey then to learn about venture, learn about startups, and learn about what it means to support an entrepreneur. Mm. And I know we're going to touch on some of the barriers that exist later, but that's the journey that we take a lot of our our, our customers on through our public programs, our live courses that run every April and September, Mm -hmm. and then our membership, which is ongoing content, pre-recorded, and, and community sessions with with that cohort.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's a, it's amazing. And as you say, we're going to talk more about it. But I, I think, you know, the fundamental problem is that many people th- think that they cannot be angel investors because, you know, because they either don't have sufficient capital or in their head sufficient capital, or they don't Absolutely. know where to find startups, or so they don't know how to think about startups, right? Absolutely. And I think, you know, the, these are all things that you know especially in today's kind of era as we see the explosion of, of businesses certainly you know post generative ai post the kind of slump that's been happening mm-hmm. um the opportunities are immense right um and and so if you were to think about three ventures that you're really excited about or really proud of having supported uh either in your investment portfolio or uh you, you know via backstage or anywhere else what like what would they be yeah i'll say uh treasure
1: trez which is started by jamelia donaldson um bootstrapped business, never had outside capital. She's built a seven-figure business off just really leaning into community and creating discovery boxes for hair products that retail actually probably for about £100 or £150, but has a monthly subscription for around £30 to get access to these amazing products. And she's really leaned into focusing on, like, actually, what does sisterhood look like? What does community look like? And how can I continuously solve problems based on the needs of these customers? And her customers feel heard by her and the products that she provides Mm -hmm. and she built a culture within a company that's really inspiring for me because i can see that people that have joined that company are mission aligned and yeah. really align on the difference they're making in the world with the products that they're, they're producing and the experiences that they provide. And they had a really awesome pop-up in Birmingham called um, Seven Sisters, which was oh, right nice. next to Five Guys. They literally had Uber <laughs> Eats people coming into the door asking, are <laughs> they the right place to pick product up products? <laughs> but it's those innovative, really creative, grassroots experiences that really form community. Yeah. And I think a lot of big businesses struggle with that, which is why they work with smaller businesses like Atreza Trez. I'm not an investor in the business, but it's a business that I support. And I think it's important to share that because actually the majority of the businesses I support, I'm not an You're investor not in. Got it. And I think that speaks to to what it means to be really ingrained in the community and really care at the level of really supporting the
0: ecosystem because the ride tide lifts all ships. Mm-hmm. Got it. Um, Andy like there is so much I'm going to discuss I've, I've got a feeling like we're probably gonna to have to do a round two further down the track but for the time being thank you so much for joining me on the primer today absolutely absolutely it's my pleasure